As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. If you're ready to take your game to the next level, who better to lead the way than our own Luke Bogacki? Check out This Is Bracket Racing Elite today. In addition, today's podcast is presented by Racing RVs. Based near Dayton, Ohio, Racing RVs is your source for quality newer used trucks, motorhomes, and trailers. Whether you're buying, selling, or trading, make Racing RVs your first call. And it's all that we know, it's the way Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in Sportsman Drag Racing and the stars within it. Big Jed, it is so good to hear your voice, my friend. It has been so long. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, happy new year, um, Luke. It's, uh, it is. Uh, it seems like we've been gone forever. We just took a one-week break. It's great to be back. Yeah, two weeks have passed since our last podcast. In that time, Christmas happened. We've yeah. turned the calendar over to 2018. I think, basically, the entire United States is frozen over. Oh, man. And the SEC has two teams in the College Football National Championship. They what? do? That's the rumor. <laughs> Did you hear that? Oh my, I didn't know. I, I had no idea. The SEC sucks this year, so I, didn't, I thought that they wouldn't have any, play, any teams in there playing for it. But oh well, hmm. it's good to hear they did okay. <laughs> <laughs> but with all that is going on in the world, there has been practically nothing that has happened in the sport of sportsman drag racing over the course of the last two weeks. Nothing really, very little, worth talking about. But the good news is... We're about is, to change all that, Luke. Yes, we anticipated this. We saw this coming. That is the, the foresight and the vision of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. <laughs> and while there might not be anything that everyone is talking about, I have a feeling that by the end of this show, we're going to provide something that just about everybody's talking about. What do you think? can't wait I, I couldn't agree more i'm sure it's going to happen when things get slow what better way to pass the time to stir up a little controversy to all truth be known fill an hour-long podcast in this off season than making a list our society loves lists big jed yes and our lists uh, seem to have very high popularity so this this should be exciting yeah we, our lists tend to stir things up so here we go again Without further ado, we are here to introduce the Bracket Racing Top 25, okay? This is mm. going to be similar to the polls that you see in college sports. Jed's a big college football fan. I'm a big college basketball fan. Why do we do this? A couple of reasons. Number one, 
like I said before, we're kind of a society based around lists because largely we like to keep score. And in each form of competition within our sport, there is a way to rank racers at season's end, like the NHRA World Championships, local track world championships, divisional championships, like whatever series you race, there is a year-end goal or prize to be won, with the exception of big dollar bracket racing at the highest level. There are the the $2 million races, but individual event wins don't, at least in our opinion, necessarily signal who's best. So we wanted to develop a way to, to rank the best of the best in our sport. Yeah, Luke, and um, it was a great idea that you came up with, so we'll give credit where it's due, but you had some plan of attack here. Didn't We didn't just want to come up with the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast top 25, so we compiled a list of Well, uh, we over could do that. The problem with that right. is that when we put it out there, it's our list, and you <laughs> yeah. listeners just attack us. Which you're going to attack us anyway, because our list is probably not going to be perfect, but this isn't just us. Go ahead. That's right. So we compiled a list of over a dozen respected racers, promoters, and industry professionals, and um, we sent out a link or an email to those guys and said, let's put your list together, your top 25, and we had 12 respond. So, you know, we want to tell you who's on the list to kind of give our list some credence. So it was, of course, myself and you, uh, Mark Romeo, our uh, producer, Troy Williams Jr., a very respected racer in his own right, Jeff Strickland. Uh, we all know Jeff's past Kevin Brannon, John DeBartolomeo, Michael Beard, Britt Cummings, uh, Scott Lemon, Kyle Seipel. And Galen Rollison. So there's uh, some guys that are some of both promoters and racers. Obviously, our media expert, John DeBartolomeo, also an on-track great racer himself. So we put that list together and sent it out and, and feel like we got a really good group of guys that would have some insight into a top 25 list. So here's how we framed the question because there are a lot of different ways to go about this. So we, we said if there were an eighth mile event, top bulb, big buck bracket race tomorrow, assuming that everyone who you think has a legitimate shot to win would attend. So obviously whoever you want to be there can be there. Who would be your top 25 picks to win that race in order? Obviously, one being the best, 25 if the worst, for lack of a better word. Assume that drivers are driving their typical entry. So, you know, if a guy's known for driving a dragster, or 480 door car, or a 750 door car, or whatever. Want to make sure everybody understood it was not an all-time greatest discussion. It is not a most versatile discussion. Not even truly a best driver discussion. Um, really, it was when you put it all together, car, driver combination uh who do you have the most faith in one to 25 and one note that i want to make sure everybody knew we adjusted each panelist vote for themselves because i don't think anyone has a realistic view of themselves as a competitor except i do i got i got a really clear view of that and you know it's awkward to think of yourself that way anyway but we didn't think about this beforehand, but we corrected after the fact. So yeah, that was, was kind of the criteria. It was actually something that Troy Williams Jr. brought up with um, Mark. And he's like, well, do we vote for ourselves? Like, where do we place ourselves on the list? And when you look at, at that list that we compiled, like more than half of those individuals would typically fall in most people's top 25. So it becomes a dilemma of where do you rank yourself? And the issue there is like, I think if you were to take anyone that falls on this top 25 and ask them in their most private moment where they rank, like, I think all of us would say I'm the best, like completely privately, because I don't think that you land on a list of this nature if you don't somewhere deep down have that belief inside, but outwardly, like, to have the ability to step back and objectively rank yourself like that's tricky so what we did and what we decided to do after a little bit of debate was basically take the average of where everybody else ranked you 
and automatically input that into your ballot. So like if the other 11 voters average to rank Trilliams Jr. third, then he was automatically third on his ballot and the, everyone else that he had voted for was adjusted accordingly, if that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, a very diverse panel there, guys, that we respect their opinion. And I don't think any uh, personal agendas and people that, that get out of their territory a little bit as well. And they know the landscape fairly well. So that was their criteria. And that was the list, Luke. Yeah. And you could make a lot of different arguments here. I think, especially now, as I as I look over this list, with a few exceptions, and we'll talk about them, but for the most part, like this is pretty solid, I think, personally. And you could look at it in a couple of different ways. Number one, why the, the credence that you would give to this list, like why it's valid. Obviously, that panel that you read off, Jed, pretty distinguished, okay? We tried yeah. our very best to get a diverse mix within this panel of voters. We've referred to them and we'll continue to refer to this panel as our Sportsman Racing Advisory Committee, okay? But this group is a mixture of young racers, older racers, racers, promoters, press, from every area, every corner of the country. And I personally, like, I respect the opinion of everyone that's on this panel. So, again, the top 25 that we're about to share is is a compilation. It's not... Jed's 25, top 25. It's not my top 25, although we did have a say in it. So if and when you don't agree with some of the things that we're about to say, don't add us, okay? <laughs> we're just part of a big group. By the same token, that, that's why I think there's credence to this, why there's value in this poll, why it's flawed. Several reasons. Number one, obviously, it's highly subjective based on any number of biases. But to speak of a geographic bias, like you have voters from the Northeast, they're probably not going to think that someone in the Southwest is the best racer in the country because they never get to see them. Personal experience. Uh, and again, I think we're all a victim of watching someone or a variety of people dominate. And obviously that influences our perception of their ability versus reading about someone dominating. You know what I mean? It's a little bit different. And everybody weights things differently. Like what percentage of your vote is based upon finish line driving versus what percentage of your vote is based upon racing for higher stakes. Like there's so many different ways that you could look at this. And we got within this, I, I can only imagine because we tried to have everyone deal directly with Mark on this, but like I got a lot of questions that I didn't even consider. So I can only imagine some of the questions that Mark had to answer from our panelists, because again, there's so many yeah. different ways to look at this. But I think the biggest flaw, so to speak, in a poll of this nature, particularly this poll, is that it's never been done before. So there's nothing to go off of in the past. Like, I think it's fair to say, because I know that I had this moment looking over our list. I imagine you did the same, Jed. I think it's fair to say that every panelist, everybody that, that had a hand in creating this poll, when we read off the final poll here on the podcast and we release it on the Facebook page, I think everyone that submitted their own top 25 list will read through the final list and there will be at least one name where they'll go, oh, bleep, I didn't even think about that guy. Because <laughs> there's nothing to go off of. It's not like we're ranking college football teams and we're looking at last week's top 25. You know what I mean? We're trying to basically, from memory, pull together the top 25 racers from across the country. And inherently, like, you're just going to miss somebody that when you lay them all out in front of you, you go, oh, geez, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah, and you you know you talked about the the re you referenced like college football or whatever. You're you're talking about a hundred and whatever fifteen teams, yeah, and trying to pick the best twenty five <laughs> or college basketball the the best or the the three hundred teams trying to pick twenty five. I mean, anytime you go to a big top bulb race and there's three hundred cars there, three hundred entries, you you can look through the pits and see any two hundred of them that you think could win that day and that's just at any particular race so there's hundreds and hundreds of guys capable of making this list so it, it was it's was a challenge to get 25 so yeah somebody's getting missed without question all right without further ado we've gassed back long enough about this jed let's get to it okay luke in the 25th position 
is a guy that's highly accomplished and uh, very well known. And I had him on my list. It's Aaron Vale. Aaron um, got uh, 46 points to get the, the 25th spot. Yeah, let's, I tell you what, let's just roll through like the first 10 spots or so of this list, and then we'll kind of dissect it a little bit. So, again, 25, Aaron Vale. 24. 20. Go ahead, go ahead, Jeff. 24 is Ryan Lane. 23 is Sugar Shane Carr. 22 is Dan Northrup. 21 is Todd Bones Ewing. Number 20 is Tommy Cable. Number 19 is Stephen Champ McCrory. Number 18 is Brian Robinson. Number 17 is Nick the Bleak Folk. And number 16 is Mikey Bloomfield Jr. So that's 16 through 25, Luke. Yeah, any issue with anything on that list? Some serious accomplishment in that list. I, You know, I don't know. I'm close to a couple of these guys. I uh, had them ranked higher than where they fit in here, but... I don't have any issue, I don't guess. You know, right now, today, Mikey Bloomfield's probably a little hotter than number 16. Uh, Tommy Cable, that guy just wins. And he might not be quite as a household name as some of the others, but I don't have any serious issue with it. Yeah, no, it's hard to argue with any of them. The the only couple of things that stand out to me are, um, we can see on our list, the number of first place votes that each competitor got. And you would think, like, 16 through 25, you're not going to see any first-place votes. Dan Northrup had a first-place vote at number 22. And I actually had Dan quite a bit higher than this. I think on my personal ballot, Dan was 14th. So, like, whoever picked him as number one, and and to be completely transparent here, Mark's the only person that's seen every ballot, okay? So we're just looking – we don't even have access to those and don't care. No. Uh, Mm -hmm. We we went over with you guys the – panel but their individual ballots are completely secret so whoever voted dan number one and again i had him 14th he didn't get many more votes which is surprising to me but it's not in this light like this this past season i guess for the past two years dan's made the voyage to las vegas to compete in the spring fling and he had a big weekend out there this year but outside of that he's basically stays in the northeast so while he is as dominant as anyone in that part of the country and has been for the last few years, outside of that area, I think he would be easy to, to forget about, I guess, for lack of a better term. But I do, I think I would make the argument that Dan is probably deserving of a little bit higher seed in this ranking. And the other one in this list that received a first place vote was our buddy Brian Robinson, which I think is awesome because I think Brian has for a long time been really underrated. Um, Yes. He was on my list. He didn't get my number one vote, but I could definitely see that. Like that's a super talented racer that, again, doesn't travel a whole lot, but is capable of winning anytime, anywhere. Yeah, no doubt. And, um, you know, he doesn't get out quite as much as he used to. So it's a testament to him to, to make this list out of that group because he doesn't see those guys a lot as much as he used to. He just kind of stays busy hanging close to the house for the most part. But uh, other than that, Luke, no, I, I mean, I think that's a really solid 16 to 25 and uh, a group of racers that, I mean, nobody jumps out to me as uh, – is a shouldn't have made it type of guy for sure. We will keep rolling on with this. We're going to, we're going to string this out. We got to make an hour out of this guys. Okay. So <laughs> what we're going to do is break things up a little bit. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with, uh, I guess it'd be five through 15 on the bracket racing top 25, but in between Jed, let's pay a few bills uh, with some notes from our wonderful advertisers. Big Jid, the year 2018 has more big dollar bracket events than ever, and those events feature bigger purses than ever. More racers than ever will win life-changing money and be lauded by the Sportsman Drag Racing community, this podcast, in 2018. The opportunities presented to the big dollar bracket racer, whether touring or regional, this season are unprecedented. What does that mean? It means that it's time to take advantage of the opportunity by turning over every rock that you can. 
Pay attention to every detail. And that's what This Is Bracket Racing Elite is all about. Look, if you've entered some of these events, you're serious about racing, and you're pretty dang good at it. You don't need a 180-degree turnaround in your racing. But a simple 1-degree, 2-degree course correction could make all the difference and give you the edge that could prove to be worth thousands of dollars. This Is Bracket Racing Elite can provide that. We've done so for hundreds of racers just like you. Learn more by visiting thisisbracketracing.com. Yeah, look, even Tom Brady goes to practice every day. Guys, if it's time to upgrade your support equipment, be it trailer or RV, check out racingrvs.com or give Joe Fisher a call at 419-236-1328. Why racing RVs? Well, for one, they support sportsman drag racing like no other. Racing RVs is the presenting sponsor of the NHRA's top dragster and top sportsman categories. They're heavily involved in all of the SFG events. Uh, They sponsor a number of successful sportsman racers. And, uh, of course, they presented nearly every episode of this podcast. But what can racing RVs do for you? Well, they've got quality coaches and trailers at fair prices. You can get them new or used. Trade-ins, financing, consignment, nationwide delivery, no matter your need, Racing RVs should be your first phone call. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And, and, and you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing uh, our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest uh, edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. Alright, Luke. So, we had uh, 16 through 25, and um, we had a little discussion there. We'll start narrowing it down to uh, narrowing it down to our number one choice on the list. But uh, let's cover number six through 15. So briefly, just run down the list for you. Number 15 was Peeps Pennington. Number 14 is Cameron Manuel. Number 13 is Bad Brad Pluard. Number 12 is Tommy Plot. Number 11 is Racing Jason Lynch. Number 10 is This Is Bracket Racing Elite's Kevin Rabbit Brannon. Number 9 is John LaBoose Jr. Number 8 is Skinny Kenny Underwood. Number 7 is Johnny Bracket Racer, Johnny Ezel. And number 6 is uh, our most recent interview here on the podcast, Nasty Nick Hastings. What a list. This is not the top five. No, it's not the top five. Wow, that is six through 15. (laughs) Uh, See, Nick got three first place votes, though. Three first place votes out of 12. That's salty. That's as many first place votes as anyone had. Oh, that's uh, that's folks having a lot of confidence in old Nasty. Yeah, and I think some others may be sliding him a bit. Like, give three first place votes and wind up sixth in the polls. Not that sixth is anything to uh, scoff at, but... Then three people thought you were the very best. So Well, uh, the top bulb thing had to throw them off just a little well, bit. That's true. That's true. It just is not a, a versatility contest. If so, I think Nick would be even higher yet. Among this uh, 6 through 15, anything else that stands out at you, Big Jed? I don't know. I I, I think KB is uh, is a little underrated there. He got a top he got a top place vote or Dude, number one vote. Started. <laughs> KB is uh we know he's very 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 talented you know and I think uh, at number seven probably even though he won the million wins 50s and those things Johnny's probably a little higher ranked than I thought he would be because I, I think this can still be somewhat of a of a accomplishments group instead of like right now today so Johnny's probably a little higher than I thought he would land I'm not saying he's out of place just surprised me a little bit. And then, um, other than that, you know, bad Brad would be, he'd be a top 10 for me. My guy that, that I'd want to take to any race, whether it was top bottom or hitting the middle. Yeah, no, I have very little issue with this save for KB being 10th. Obviously I'm biased. That's my dog. He did get one <laughs> first place vote. That was mine. I don't think it's by far and wide by any stretch of the imagination, but to me, 
Kevin Brandon is the most impressive driver in the country right now. So uh, I'm, I mean, he's, he's voted top 10 in the world. That's awesome. But to me, it's way too low. Uh, I think KB should be higher beyond that. Yeah. I mean, Peeps is 15. I had him 16. Cameron Manuel's 14. I had him like 19. You know what I mean? You're splitting hairs there. Yeah. Tommy Plotz, 12th. I had him, where did I have him? 15. You know, I mean, everything right in that area. Same with Little John. Same with Underwood. Ezel, you said uh, he came in 7th. I had him 5th on my board. Nick was real close. All the way down. Like, I have very little issue with this, with the exception of uh, my boy has been disrespected. KB's gonna wreck y'all this year. No, I felt like he wouldn't get the, Kevin wouldn't get the love of the, the top vote like I gave him simply because. He had a little bit of a down 2017 results-wise, but if you keep driving the way that he drove last year, that's going to come back. He'll, he'll be higher if we do this again a year from now. Yeah, I don't doubt that. And he does venture out and do other things other than hitting the bracket races at times. Um, you know, that, that might change for 2018 and it net him a little higher spot. But we all know Kevin Brannon is, is one of, if not the best out there. You're just saying that for me, aren't you? Yeah, trying to make you feel good. KB, too, just in case he's listening. I don't like that guy a whole lot, but I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) We were texting about Clemson, Alabama. He's he's one of the best dudes in the world. I'm kidding. Before you at me. (laughs) Uh, That's 15 through 6. We need to get a drum roll going. Like we are, we're building up the anticipation for the top five. But before we do, We've got to uh, we've got to break this up a little bit. We've got to do some of the things that we always do every week on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, there's not a lot that has gone on between Christmas and New Year's as it pertains to Sportsman Drag Racing, but there have been a few announcements. I think the best way to get to them is to uh, tell everybody, Big Jed, what's on tap. Honey, where are we racing next week? It's time to discuss next week's major events, news, updates, releases, and announcements. It's what's on tap. What's on Tap is presented by the AHRA. Currently, the AHRA has issued a $10,000 bounty for anyone that is an AHRA member and wins super gas at the 2018 Winter Nationals at Pomona without, without the aid of electronics. To find out more about the bounty or other exciting happenings with the AHRA, such as their stock sale, or their new GT classes, check out www.ahraonline.com or look for them on Facebook. Yeah, Big Jed, just, uh, you know, we read off this stuff each week, but just a shout out to the supporters of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast and what they do for the show, make it available to all of you week in and week out. So to AHRA and Dallas and the guys there, I had an opportunity to speak with him over the phone. I sat down with him for a while at the PRI show. What they're doing is pretty cool. What he's trying to do, he's got a long road ahead of him, but man, the the whole goal of the AHRA is to bring back some of the fun, um, some of the innocence that I think we've lost over the years in sportsman drag racing. He's got some cool ideas. Y'all check that out again, ahraonline.com and, and the AHRA page on Facebook and all of our advertisers, not just the HRA, but Siebert Performance. We talk about those guys every week presenting our Who's Hot. Um, Luke and the guys at Siebert are awesome. And if you have any needs, engine building, parts needs, whatever, and you're in the Midwest or anywhere across the country, give those guys a shout. Like, tell them that you're listening, hear them on the podcast, and that uh, you appreciate their support. And again, that goes for all of our advertisers Racing RVs, This Is Bracket Racing Elite, um, Portatree, on down the line. Yeah, Luke, uh, what I like a lot about Siebert Performance, too, is their Facebook promotions. You know, those guys. You don't see that a lot out of uh, people in that market. Now, you know, I know they're busy and got things going on, but uh, I love what Luke and his team are doing with their Facebook page. If you if you get on Facebook quite often, like I do, uh, look up Siebert Performance. You'll you'll really like what you see and the the being able to put a, a you know the vision with what the products that we talk about on our show each and every week. Uh, it's really cool, and I think you'll enjoy it. So look them up, Siebert Performance on Facebook. All right, as I mentioned earlier, Jed, in this quiet time, um, kind of the, the, the quietest time of the year, really, for, for drag racing in general and sportsman drag racing, we did have a few announcements that I think are worthy of note. Um, I guess the first and foremost is SFG just keeps going, big dog. I mean, they Man. 
every other week it's a new race at a new venue and um the latest is what they're calling their racers appreciation race um at silver dollar dragway down in reynolds georgia that's coming up uh early march i believe march 8th through 11th the typical sfg race maybe even a better value than some of their other races like they just keep raising the bar i guess it's a 599 dollar weekend entry for 350s and uh, again, this one got my attention, Jed. I actually, people think of me because I'm in Illinois, like those Michigan races would in, be uh, yeah. exciting to me. Like, that's a long way from where I live. Not that Reynolds yeah. is close, but I'll be looking for a reason to get out of the snow in March. I'm probably going to go to Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Reynolds has not popped up on the uh, big buck bracket racing scene. No, uh, I and love that place. It's a great facility. Mm-hmm. It is a great facility. It, it's not hard to get to. Uh, I think folks are really going to like it, and I'm sure this event is going to to get full in a hurry, just like all of the SFG races. Power Rally bringing another one online. Um, Luke, also the 25K showdowns, which have been in Memphis uh, in years past, moving to Muncie. Yeah, Muncie, and, and, and expanding. Like the 25K showdowns been having sex. There's two of them now. <laughs> yeah. If kids, if you're listening, cover years. But yeah, there's you're right. There's two of them. Uh, those guys, uh, Folk Cummings, been having one of those in Memphis each year, having two this year at Muncie Dragway in Muncie, Indiana, which is not far from Indy. It's April 27th through the 29th and August the 10th through the 12th. And um, that is a legendary facility and um, probably a really good move for them. I think that area of the country's starving for some great races and. As Kyle's doing, as we mentioned above, um, um, the folks and the Cummings moving there should be a great move for them. Yeah, that's another one that's not too far from home for me. So I'll probably make an appearance at at least one of those events and see if I can do my part to keep that from being the West May Invitational. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, or, that, that is West's or, stomping grounds. So. Or the Yorks. The, mm, the Mays point. or the Yorks, yeah. So next on the list uh, for what's on tap, Luke, is um, a one-of-a-kind deal that – uh, I'm fortunate to be close to and get to go to every year, but it, if you like practice tree events, there's a lot of those happening, but this one is really cool. It's Brad Plourd's big one. It's the um, it's January 13th, which is coming up very soon, at Camp Meadowbrook in Coleman, Alabama, which is about 45 minutes to 50 minutes north of downtown Birmingham. And uh, this thing's paying $10,000 to win, guaranteed. Got some stuff around it also that's pretty cool. So really neat event that Brad's having here in uh, Alabama. Yeah, and uh, again, I think that that's the the big one, at least from what I've seen. Um, $10,000 to win, guaranteed, almost unprecedented, at least to my knowledge. I don't keep up with the practice tree scene as close as I probably should, but there are some others that jumped out to us. The DragstersForSale.com annual practice tree event in Evansville, Indiana. will follow Brad's uh, by two weeks. That comes on January 27th. And I love the name, the practice tree Hootenanny. <laughs> When's the last time you've been to a good Hootenanny, Jed? Uh, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. I'm always up that, for a good hootenanny. Yeah, that event's going to be cool, and uh, there'll be um, entries to races available there. I know there'll be a WFC entry going up for grabs there in a little shootout. Now, that's February the 24th, 24th excuse me, at, in West Salem, Ohio. So that'll be, uh, that'll be another good practice tree race, and there's a few more of those out there. I'm sure there are um, dozens, literally, of practice tree events that we did not discuss. Mark had actually made a good suggestion here. We're probably going to make a Facebook post about that for listeners to post their local events because I know those things are really gaining traction all across the country and probably a bunch of them going on over the course of the next couple months. Yeah, so check the Facebook page. You'll see some of those popping up. Do the Kevin Brandon, lay the smack across the land. Then you do the L ride and you come out like the world champ. All right, Luke, so after what's on tap and a little bit of discussion, paying some bills, now we're getting down to the the nitty-gritty here. So we had our panel put their top 25 together, and we are down to numbers two through five. Well, one will just keep everybody in suspense. Drum roll, please. Actually, we'll go five through two. The number five position is Wes May. Number four is Sneaky Pete Biondo. Number three is Troy Williams Jr. And number two 
is Gary Williams. Now, there's, uh, again, the number one spot still up for grabs, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But there's numbers two through five, Luke. Yeah, hard to argue with that. Uh, who's who? Peter Biondo got three first-place votes. Gary Williams got one. And, yeah, I mean, you look at that, I think every one of those guys was in my top ten. I think the majority of them were in my top five. Yeah, I, I got no issue with that at all. Yeah, nor do I. Um, obviously, the Williams brothers, very accomplished and seemingly make every important race on the big buck bracket racing scene. So, Yeah, for like uh, the last I've, 20 years. Obviously had, yeah, obviously had a very high level of success, you know, have been present as well. So easily understood why they are in the positions they're in. Peter Biondo, I mean, he was number one on my list, uh, Luke. The guy just, he doesn't go bracket racing very often. But when he does, he makes incredible runs and he usually is a factor. Uh, didn't go very much this year, but won quite a bit, as you know, and guy that I just think is as talented as anybody behind the wheel. And then, of course, Wes May. This guy just gets it done everywhere he goes. Uh, got a a different, non-typical setup than most of the people that are high up on this list. Guy's doing a 670, 680 door car that's way underpowered and overtired and got a little nitrous and does uh you know whatever tricks he's got to do to get it done with a lot of talent so that list is solid right there and and, and i can see um I, I can agree with everybody fitting in where they fit in again i had peter number one but i neither here nor there when you get to this point i don't guess yeah no i had pete number two behind uh behind kb i just think his talent and ability is unmatched and even like i think it's even more impressive that you can just come out and bracket race a handful of times a year and be in the final of hundred granders and whatever else he does like it's just unbelievable and the the crazy thing about pete and obviously the way that we structured this is if the race was tomorrow who do you have the most confidence in but if we did this like every year for the last 20 years peter beyond would be in the top five Every time. And honestly, the same's probably true for Troy and Gary. Yeah. Just a, a, a who's who. And like, if you take the genre or the niche, so to speak, of big dollar bracket racing, like it really hasn't been going on that long. Like, I think the, the first big dollar races, at least that I know of, were at Byron back in the, what, mid 80s? So what's that, 40 years ago? No. Yeah. 30 years ago. And yeah, something like that. over the course of that time, I, I think you could make a very strong argument that Troy Williams Jr. has been the most prolific winner along the big dollar bracket racing scene since there's been a big dollar bracket racing scene. And then Gary is, I think, without question, we talked about this when Troy was on the show, the when the stakes are high, and we talked about it then, like how good is your good? His good's unbelievable. Like his record, yeah. what do we talk about it with Troy? He's like nine and zero in finals of fifty thousand dollars or more. That's ridiculous, yep. and he just it just really steps up to the plate. The the higher the stakes are, and Wes uh, coming in at number five, I actually had him a little bit higher than that. I think I had him at number three. Wes is probably, I don't even know if there's a debate. Like he's probably the winningest door car driver in the history of braggers i guess ricky jones has got to be up there yeah um, tricky ricky being there yeah but what wes has done and and he's been doing this at a high level for longer than most people think like their circle didn't get real big probably until the last five years but like wes is, and and his and his father gary have been a real threat wherever they go for as long as i can remember so yeah i i find no fault in any of these rankings other than they should, maybe should be even higher than they are he's on fire it's time for who's hot in sportsman drag racing all right, Luke, so uh, now we're down to our number one driver on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Top 25, and there's a name that's missing off this list that people probably are starting to think, wait a minute now, this name should have already been on the list, but maybe I understand why, because the number one spot is a very successful driver and one that I think anybody would 
choose up in this area. But since we don't have any race winners right now, we decided to make this number one driver, the Seabrook Performance, who's hot. Our friends at Seabrook Performance is now offering engine and carburetor packages. This week's featured package is the Pro Series Bracket 400. Now, this is a 675 horsepower small block Chevy built with reliability and longevity in mind. It's got a dart block, AFR heads, vacuum pump, distributor, and optional Seabrook Performance carburetor available as a package. Uh, contact Luke Siebert at 785-286-6813 or check out SiebertPerformance.com. So, Luke, our number one driver, and again, this is a, a panel of a dozen well-respected people in the racing community that race, promote, media, whatever, totally unsolicited and unbiased. Just give us your top 25 that you'd go to bat with today at any race with them shooing their normal, typical hot rod. And our number one driver is none other than our own Luke Bogacki. Luke, congratulations as the Seabrook Performance, who's hot and the number one on our list. And I know this is totally uncomfortable for you, but, you know, I mean, let's face it. You've been very successful. You're a guy that has done it at a high level for quite a while. And, you know, it's it's natural. It's uncomfortable for you, but it's natural that you would be the number one driver. And I have no issue with that whatsoever. Congratulations um, for being picked or finishing out with the number one total of points. Yeah, I'll be honest, Jed. When Mark sent this over, I was um, grateful, especially when you consider the, again, like I said earlier, but the amount of respect that I have for the people that made up our, our poll. But I'll be completely transparent and say that I was ticked off. Like, I just went, oh, are you kidding me? Like, I didn't expect this. And this was not the reasoning for drawing up this top 25 idea. No. Like, I realized coming in that there was a pretty good chance that I would be ranked somewhere in the top 25. I never dreamed that I would be at the top. I, While I said earlier, I think anyone that belongs on this list thinks of themselves as the best in their most private moment. I'm no different, but I do believe that I'm capable of objectively standing back. And like, I think I had myself in my top 10, but I was not number one. So it, it is, it's, it's awkward. And honestly, it was more awkward prior to recording. And now I guess after reading through this, particularly, I mean, anybody in this top 25, but particularly the last like 10 names that we wrote off, read off, like these are guys that I have looked up to basically my entire career. A lot of whom like I feel like I owe whatever success I've had in this sport to, you know, I mean, like whether it be taking me under their wing or, you know, just having passing conversations with them and picking their brain. So to among this panel of guests be voted atop all of them is is very humbling and it does it it means a lot to me but i will say this is a little bit tainted because okay we just said like i couldn't vote for myself right any more than anyone else could but yep. the ballot that everyone got was for the sportsman drag racing podcast with luke and jed not that that would affect their vote at all but <laughs> like there was no forgetting about luke Right. Like I was there. I was my name was right in front of them. Like somebody the same. Mark told me that somebody left Peter Biondo off their ballot. Like you had to just forget that Peter Biondo exists. Like nobody forgot that I exist. Well, it did say Luke and Jeff. They seem to forget that I, I raced a little bit. So, I mean, no, I, I don't think it had anything to do with your name being, being on the I wasn't going to bring that up, Jed. <laughs> I didn't really you know, go that way with it. Honestly, that don't bother me, Luke. <laughs> I would kick every one of y'all's ass, so it ain't a big deal to me. I mean, let's, let's get out there and do it. I'm I'm uh, two for two in Saturday call-out races. Uh, I mean, it my had... team won the All-State Challenge, and Alabama's going to win the National Championship. So, I'm full of confidence. If y'all want to line up, let's roll. I mean, just... <laughs> Click them off, 25 to 1. You've had no problem with me throughout the course of our careers. So. <clears throat> but that really is a, a great honor for you. I mean, that's a highly respected list of people that know talent. They know to, what it takes to be good in this sport, and they uh, ended up with you number one. So congratulations. You deserve it, bud. Pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool stuff. All right, let's talk. Let's talk omissions, Big Jed. Like, you look through this. Who was on your list that didn't make the cut, that didn't appear uh, in this uh, combined top 25? 
Should we That's read a great question. Again? That's a great question. Uh, I do not have my list in front of me, so I don't know the Way answer to, to that. Prepared, Big Jeff. Way to go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you knew better than that. <laughs> For me, like my, uh, let's see, again, I'm, and I'm being pretty open with my personal list, so I was going to say we're not going to get trashed for this, but you guys probably figure mine out if you really want to. Just from what I've said, my the, the last four on my list didn't appear on the main list, which is no huge shock. And to be completely honest, especially when you get down to like 20 through 25, there's probably 40 names that you could put in there that I'd have a hard time arguing with. Like the... There's so many good racers everywhere, but I did have, I had Shane Maddox, Bobby Spence, Chris Bayer, and Kyle Coltrera all on my personal top 25, and none of them quite made the cut. But again, they were 22 through 25 on my list, so whatever, right? You're splitting yeah. hairs there, but there's two on my list, and I actually, I'm, I'm pretty proud of this because I literally took like 10 minutes putting this together, Okay. To say I didn't give it a lot of thought is probably not completely fair because to some extent, like I've thought about this for 20 years, but, you know, to say that I really analyzed and said, you know, Gary Williams should be ahead of Johnny Ezell, like uh, who, oh my God, like, how do you, you know what I mean? Like you're really splitting hairs there. So I just kind of made my list, but I had uh, 19 of my top 25 appeared on the big list. So that's pretty good. And again, four that didn't were the bottom four on my list, but there's two that just jump out to me. I don't know, like, one is really surprising to me. I don't know, I say that. Neither one of these is completely surprising in that I can rationalize why people left them off the list. But for me, like, you can't have a top 25 without these two guys. And my two are Josh Baker, who I had at number 12, doesn't appear on the list. And I think the justification for that is as awesome as Josh is. His show doesn't get on the road a whole lot. Like For those of you that don't know, Josh is Kentucky-based racer. I get to race with him quite a bit. I know he's awesome. But the voters from California and New York, like they, they may not even be familiar with Josh Baker's name. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can see how he could get overlooked, so to speak. But rest assured, like that dude's talented enough to be on this list. And the one that... <laughs> and again, we're all, this is all biased in some regard, right? And maybe I am a prisoner of my youth and my upbringing, but I watched Scotty Richardson dominate on so many levels for so long. And I know this is not a greatest of all time list. If it was, I Scotty's either number one or number two. Like you argue Scotty, Peter. Yeah, I don't know. You probably have Troy and Gary in that conversation too. Like Scotty is for sure in the top five. Doesn't appear on this list. I had him eighth and I he doesn't even race anymore, right? Like I don't know if he raced three times in 2017, but yep. I'm just telling you, if you have a race that everybody that I think can win goes to, that means Scotty shows up. And I just got so much faith in Scotty Richardson, like, I think he's got about as good a chance to win as anybody. So he was eighth on my list. Again, I realize why he didn't appear on others. He doesn't hardly race anymore. I mean, effectively could be retired. And you could even argue that he shouldn't be a nominee for that reason. But again, like the way that we drew that up, I still got faith in Scotty. Like he's, he's, he, like I say, he was eighth on my list. And that's, that even seems odd. Like you, you have a list, like Scotty's either number one or whatever, number three, because like he's one of the best ever, or you just exclude him completely. So maybe that's a better justification than having him somewhere in the top 15 because he was never that guy. He was either the man or he didn't show up. Yeah. And I do remember a little bit about my list, although I'm unprepared and don't have it in front of me, but I know I had AJ Ash on it. AJ is a guy that's highly accomplished and ha- makes great laps. Even, I mean, AJ's the kind of guy that's got his ticket in his pocket. So, I mean, let's be honest, he's coming to you showing you his bad beat. So, uh, even when he gets beat, he makes good runs. He just gets beat sometimes on some bad stuff. But AJ's a guy that I think I would want uh, on my team and, um, Another guy was a little bit surprised, but, you know, he don't get out a whole lot, but he just seems to perform really well when he does, Dave Triplett. Ooh, uh, Triplett. That's a good one, yeah. Yeah, Triplett's one of the great door car racers out there. He obviously has a dragster, too, and but uh, I know anytime Dave's there, he's a factor. So, But, again, Gary May, you could just go on and on and on, guys that are capable of being in the middle of, of the, the money when it's all said and done, but um, really fun to go through that list anyway, and Hopefully, some listeners put up a, a top 25 and let us see what they think. 
Yeah, did you have like a uh, an aha moment like I talked about earlier in the show where you saw a name and you're like, oh, goodness, I can't believe I didn't have them on my list. There's a couple that came to mind for me. We talked about it off air, Nick Folk. I just, for whatever reason, and, and like Nick's my buddy and he we're both from the state of Illinois, even though we live at opposite ends of it. Like for whatever reason, I don't think of Nick as a bracket racer, I guess because he's had so much success in Supercomp, even though that's where he came from, his bracket racing. And if you had a big dollar bracket race, and Nick was there, like, Nick's a good bet. Um, he was yeah. one. And the other one, he didn't make the top 25, but I think he was on the original top 25 that Mark sent us. This, as more ballots have been coming in, this has been updated a couple of times, uh, was Lane Dickin. was one, again, because he didn't race a whole lot in 2017, yeah. was kind of off my radar. That dude is probably deserving of being in the top 25. Yeah, most definitely. Um, Cameron Manuel was one that just, for me, for some reason, I uh, let him slip by me. Um, don't know why. And Lane Dickin definitely was a, a great choice as well. But didn't have Nick on there. Again, I'm, I'm just like you. Didn't really view him as a bracket racer, so to speak. But uh, Danny Northrup probably is my biggest mistake because I know how good Danny is. You know who else should be on this list, Luke? And again, if the guy just got out and raced a little bit, Everybody would have had him on the list. Steve Cisco. That dude is bad news. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That was actually one that uh, Troy brought up on the phone. I know when Troy and I were debating this a little bit, I know Cisco made Troy's list, and that's a good one that I think a lot of us outside of the Northeast would tend to not overlook, but maybe forget yeah. about when this comes to mind. You know, he is every, he is very deserving as well. But you could probably say that about 100 different people. What I find interesting, and I, I actually gave this a little bit of thought this morning, so you can bear with me is that we had 12 voters, right? 12 yep. first place votes spread out among seven different drivers. Gary Williams got a first place vote. I got a couple. Peter got three. Nick got three. Hastings, like I said earlier, KB got my vote. Plus you had Brian Robinson and Dan Northrup get first place votes from our distinguished panel. I don't think that if you had a poll like this, let's say... 20 years ago, maybe not even that long, 10, 15 years ago. I don't think that it's that spread out. Like it just seemed more cut and dry when I was coming up. Mm. So what are the reasonings for that? Like, A, I think there's more parity now than ever. I think that's the obvious answer, right? There's yes. more people that can win. But I also, and we touched on this a little bit in the the last podcast of 2017, is the the regionalism, is that a word? Regionalism of- It is now big dollar bracket racing events. Like there was a time when there were, you know, what, five to 10 mega events all year. Yeah. And the really serious bracket racers toured around all of them. And so that's how guys like Gary Williams and Troy Williams and Scotty Richardson really stood out because they were winning everywhere. Now there's more races spread out all across the country and there's still a small percentage of people that tend to show up at all of the big ones but for the most part it's more regionalized so i think it's really difficult to compare the accomplishments of danny northrop in the northeast against race kid in the northwest mm -hmm. and i guess johnny Ezel gets gets out a lot more but you know somebody that just stays alan wickle in that pretty much is centered in the Southeast. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it's, uh, I think it's harder than ever to distinguish between the two, you know, between the drivers in various parts of the country, because it's rare anymore that they all converge on one place. So you don't get to see that head to head competition week in and week out. I think that that's probably the biggest difference because again, if this was taken 20 years ago, like I have no doubt that, Peter and Scotty are one and two uh, on everybody's ballot. And sure. if it's 10 years ago that Peter, Scotty, Troy, and Gary are in the top five of everybody's ballot, you know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. it's just more spread out today. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a, a big part of it. And, you know, obviously with uh, social media, you start talking 20 years ago and those things, social media now, I mean, you know who's winning and that. That gives you a, a presence that um, you, you feel like you're in tune to who's winning all the races. So people talk a lot about 
you know, this and that. Well, we see more of this today, maybe Rex, or we see more whatever today than we used to see. Well, it's probably not happening anymore. You're just seeing it. So I think social media has a lot to do with, with how these lists are put together as well. Yeah, that's a valid point as well. You want to make it in a song to do the Justin Lamb. Win a bunch of races and you do it with the fam. You do the Kevin Brandon, lay the smack across the land. Then you do the L ride and you come out like the world champ. All right, Luke, it's time for Hashtag Racing Answers presented by ThisIsBracketRacing.com. This is where we like to go to our listeners' questions that they submit and try to pick out something that we can talk a little bit about and help people. And this is a great one, especially considering the time of year. Come from uh, our listener, Kevin Smith. And Kevin asked, could you talk about a winter practice regimen? Now, obviously, that probably has a lot to do with hitting the tree and those things, but... Great question by Kevin and and Luke. Let's talk about that a little bit, if you will. I can do Kevin one better. I'll talk about it, but we've actually got a Facebook group. It's free within thisisbracketracing.com. If you go to Facebook in the search bar, type uh, This Is Bracket Racing Off-Season Practice Challenge, and it'll bring you to the group. We have like over 3,000 members. The group is actually only active one month out of the year. KB and I were actually brainstorming earlier this week about uh, what to include this year. We'll probably kick it off around February 1st. But within that group, what we do is basically detail the ways that we practice and encourage everyone in the group to basically go through the same daily exercises and post your own results. It's pretty cool in that A, you see exactly what we're doing, and B, Within the group, there is so much activity, so many people posting the results that it creates a little bit of accountability among the group, and you actually end up putting in the work, which is the biggest part of practicing. But to encapsulate that, and again, you join the group now, we'll go live with it probably right around February 1st. But to kind of go over the basics of what I do and what I recommend, and for me, it's not just an off-season thing. This is something that I try to do throughout the year, but obviously... You get more time during the off-season. It takes a little bit more precedence because there's no actual on-track competition. Is The simple idea is this. like I think most of us as racers tend to look at the practice tree and approach it as a game. I don't. And as such, in my personal practice, I try to create situations and go through exercises that replicate real on-track competition as much as possible. So case in point, and again, I know this isn't everyone. I have my practice tree. It's a Porta tree next gen, as we've advertised repeatedly on the show. And I also have there, they call it a, I believe they call it a half size tree. It's got full LED bulbs. And I wire that into my race car. So I can sit in the race car, use my trans brake button, look at a real tree, simulate real on-track action as much as possible in the comfort of my shop, which right now is not particularly comfortable because it's like negative two outside. Um, (laughs) But within that, and I go ahead, I take it one step further. Like I'm already in the car. I suit up, I strap in. I try to make everything as real as possible. And within the actual exercises, again, which we detail within that Facebook challenge, I try to create situations. I try to create anxiety. I try to create pressure. It's all self-induced, but in reality, when we're on the racetrack, any pressure that we feel is self-induced too. The practice tree is a great opportunity to not only hone your physiology, like your your physical movements and the way that you kind of carry yourself physically in the car, but it's also a great way to kind of train yourself on your mental routine pre-race and hammer it in. Like I don't just sit in the car and hit the practice tree 30 times in 30 seconds. Like I kind of go through the motions. The way that I break it up is after I hit the tree, I put it in neutral and then I have to pull it down into gear. I act, I physically pump the brake pedal. Like I'm bumping into stage. I try to simulate everything that you would do in a regular run. I go through my pre-race routine, my pre-race cadence every single run. And I, I try to make 25, 30 hits a day, it usually takes me about 30 minutes. But that is what I would recommend. And if you can't, I know that to a lot of you, that probably sounds like overkill. And I, we talk with people within This Is Bracket Racing Elite that don't even have access to their race cars in the off season. KB's like that. His race cars stay in Georgia, so nothing freezes. 
so he doesn't have the opportunity to sit in the car and take full advantage of this like I'm talking about. But if you don't have that, if you don't have a full-size tree, try to do it in your car. If you don't have access to your car, any practice is better than no practice. But I'm a firm believer that if you have the resources at your fingertips, make practice as much like real life as possible. Yeah, that's great advice, Luke. Not to chime in here and start giving you all my issues, but uh, like when I feel like I'm taking too long to stage, like sometimes I just feel like I'm bumping too little. I want to get in there. It starts creating anxiety and I see my reaction times slip. Sometimes it's, you know, I'm too quick. Sometimes I'm too slow because I think I just let my mind wonder, you know, what about other things other than that stage bulb coming on and, and me letting go on time. So I like the fact that you talked about trying to create anxiety and create pressure because I think I could learn a lot from that myself. And I'm sure that's a common issue with a lot of racers. That, that Absolutely. They, and there's a way to duplicate or replicate that on the practice tree. Like I go through it or I, at one time I really had an issue because I'm pretty slow to stage. Like my routine's just long to where I felt like I was dependent upon staging last to some extent. So in my practice tree sessions, like I would make myself like every other run I stage first, if that makes sense. Like I, I just, yeah. and it's all completely mental because there's nobody in the other lane, but I replicate the scenario. Okay. I'm bumped in, I'm stage, I'm holding the foot brake. Now my opponent staged and I could set the button. You know what I mean? Just to make sure that I'm not becoming too dependent on any one thing. And like you say, trying to introduce that anxiety into practice so that you can find ways to overcome it without it costing you tens of thousands of dollars on the racetrack. Yeah, really good. Cool. Uh, hashtag racing answers. And guys, keep those questions coming on our Facebook page, the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. Just drop a, a post on there or a message or whatever you want to do about uh, hashtag race and answers and something that you'd like answered. And hopefully we get to it on the show. But I want to thank Kevin Smith for submitting that. Yeah, I always like wrapping up the show with the hashtag racing answers, even though sometimes I feel like I'm getting on my this is bracketracing.com instructor soapbox. If you can't tell, that is something that I do have a passion for and enjoy doing. So I like finishing the show with racing answers. Yeah, that was a cool finish, and um, one thing that, that I guess uh, you probably won't want me to say, but if the guy that finished number one on the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast top 25 list that was just totally uh, put out there for people that, that had no affiliation with the show, just you guys list your top 25, if he practices like that, tells me a lot about my program, Luke, I need to, I think I need to work harder, but. That's a good wrap-up to the show, and this will wrap up uh, this episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. I want to say thanks to our sponsors. As always, Seabird Performance, the AHRA, this is Bracket Racing Elite, and our good friends at Racing RVs. Also, thanks to uh, each of the members of our advisory committee for taking their time to complete the Top 25 ballot. That was a lot of fun, and look forward to seeing some of the, the feedback from that. And in your own Top 25 list, if you want to list that, on our Facebook page. Tell us what you think. You know, message us there on the Facebook page, or uh, you can check us out on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I, and I am at JP11X. Give us some feedback and let us know what you think about the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Top 25 and your own. Yeah, tell us where we got it wrong. This will be a fun week, Big Jed. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Looking forward to it, and um, we'll probably talk a little bit about that and plenty of other things on next week's show. All right, take care, Jed. You going to give him a roll tide before we sign off? Yeah, uh, y'all pull for my tide. I know Alabama's, everybody's got Alabama fatigue, but, you know, they are the greatest team to ever play college football, so it's natural <laughs> that you should cheer for them. So roll tide, uh, go dogs to all those Georgia Bulldogs fans. Should be a great game next Monday, and look forward to talking to you guys next week. Banging on the door. I get it in, attitude like I am already winning in, foot breaking in anything, bottom bobbing for a 10, I'm rolling in the cutty, switching feet like Jerry Pennington. I was in my truck, just to try my luck, spending money that I don't have, still can't get enough, we working 9 to 9 to keep the stream alive. 
Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect. Led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is, at each event, there are 100 plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.